Episode 55 of the State of the Old Republic podcast was originally recorded on October 5th, 2017. It's the State of the Old Republic podcast. Break out the party Jawas and prepare to celebrate. The Autumn Roadmap is finally here. Server merges have been a hot topic all year. Are you for them? Are you against them? Doesn't matter because they're coming. Details on how this could affect you straight ahead. And with that, it's time to make the jump to Lightspeed and check out the state of the Old Republic. Welcome to episode 55 of the State of the Old Republic podcast. I'm your host, Ted, and as you heard in the opening, I have another great show lined up for you today. First, let's get to some announcements for the Old Republic. And just a reminder that BioWare is holding a cantina tour at New York Comic Con. If you happen to be in the Big Apple, be sure to drop in on Eric, Charles, Keith, and the gang. It's a chance to ask them questions about the game and pick up some awesome swag and, more importantly, free drinks. It's going to be Friday, October 6th from 7 to 10 p.m. Eastern. The venue, Stitch Bar and Lounge, located at 247 West 37th Street, New York, New York. This event looks to be awesome, and for the first time, I'm truly saddened that I can't attend. First, they're handing out all kinds of cool stuff, including three t-shirts and a special poster. And if that were not enough, author Timothy Zahn will be there to talk about his role in the upcoming A Traitor Among the Chiss story. Timothy Zahn is the author of Heir to the Empire, Dark Force Rising, and The Last Command, a.k.a. the Zahn Trilogy. And of course, he is the creator of Grand Admiral Thrawn. I've often referred to Heir to the Empire as the book that launched a thousand stories. Believe me, Star Wars was dead until he came along. Now, if you can't attend the cantina and get some of those incredible goodies, you can at least settle for an in-game mount. Go to account.swotor.com forward slash user forward slash codes and enter the code NYCANTINA17 and get yourself the new Coriolis Viceroy Speeder. Game Update 5.5 goes live on October 10th. We know a lot more about what's coming, but one thing that's going away is the big CXP rewards from places like Yavin 4, Zyost, and Oricon. Last week I told you I was ranked 220 on my Juggernaut, and as predicted, I'm happy to report that I'm now ranked 300. This was my third tune to hit rank 300, and I'm now working on a fourth, and there's a little more incentive to make that happen, and I'll have more on that in just a minute. And that's it for the announcements. Let's slice the holonet and get to the news this week. What was it Darth Arcus said? If I could carry a tune, I would sing of this day. The autumn roadmap is here. It's got game updates and bullets of things, and a whole lot more. Bioware has thrown everything into this roadmap, including whatever passes for a kitchen sink in a galaxy far, far away. First and foremost is the United Forces campaign, which is a fancy way of saying server merges and group finder improvements. That could almost be a whole separate show, but I'm going to get to it later today. 
Now, while many players were going, you had me at server merges, that's just one piece of the puzzle that BioWare is assembling between now and early 2018. The roadmap gave us the what and when of everything happening in the Old Republic. Let's start with the what and let's start with operations. In May, the doors of To Gods from the Machine were opened and we set foot into a new operation for the first time since 2014. Tithe and Avela and Esne were two of five promised encounters, and the roadmap shed some light on when we could expect the final three. Nahut, the Son of Shadow, was the third boss and will be released as part of Game Update 5.6 in November. The remaining bosses are Skyva and Isaacs, and both will become available in early 2018. Not only that, but Master Mode for the entire operation will also be available sometime in 2018 as well. And speaking of Master Modes, unassembled components will be added as drops to all Master Mode bosses, making it easier to upgrade those legendary pieces of gear. Of course, one of those sources of legendary gear is Galactic Command, and it too will see some improvements in the months ahead. Bioware is adding another loot slot to all command crates. Now when you open a crate, you will have a small chance to receive a higher tier mod or enhancement, a CXP buff, a CXP consumable, or a Grand Chance Cube, i.e. some RNG to go with your RNG. And if you want to be like Keith Kanig and have over a dozen characters at Galactic Rank 300, well that's going to get a little easier with an enhancement to that 25% Global Legacy perk that was added a while back. For each character that reaches Command Rank 300, you will automatically receive an additional 25% CXP bonus to your entire Legacy up to a maximum of 100%. You will need to purchase the initial 25% perk, but the additional 75% will be free other than the time and effort to level additional characters to rank 300. Is the perk retroactive? You bet. So if you have at least four characters that are rank 300, you're good to go. By the way, that current perk only applies to characters that are below rank 300. No word on if that's going to change. BioWare is also reviewing CXP rewards for all areas of the game. The daily area bug that became a feature that is now on its way out was a big hit, and they're looking at ways to boost CXP here and there. Disintegrating items will see a change. Now when you disintegrate weapons and armor, you'll receive unassembled components instead of CXP. These unassembled components will come in the form of a legacy-bound consumable that you can send to any of your characters, this is retroactive and will apply to any pre-existing crates that you've saved up. Now it won't be long before this goes live, so you might want to do a little fall cleaning and free up some inventory space. If you are hoping for news of tier 5 gear, well it's not happening this year. What we are getting is higher level augments. They will likely be item rating 230 and 236 and yes, they'll fit into existing Mark 10 augment kits. So where do they come from? You'll be able to purchase them with currency earned from running the new Capero Flashpoint, probably the 230 version, and you'll be able to craft them, again, most likely the 236 version. Expect an official blog post in the near future that explains everything. So I mentioned the Capero Flashpoint a second ago. This is coming in Game Update 5.6, A Traitor Among the Chiss, where the story shifts from Anbara to the Chiss Ascendancy and the planet Capero. This won't bring the story to its conclusion, that will happen in 2018, but we will get more insight into exactly what Theron Shan is up to. 
Game Update 5.6 will herald the return of Ensign Reina Temple, favorite of mine. Now, Temple is just one of many companions whose return is in the works. This wasn't addressed in the roadmap, but rather in a live stream held on October 3rd. According to Charles Boyd, the following companion's return is actively in the works. So there's the Arkin with Romance, uh, Andronicus Revel, Corso Riggs, Risha, Akavi Spar, Mako, Vector Hillis, Kira Carson, Lord Scourge, Darkside Jasa, not to be confused with Lightside Jasa, Felix Areso, and Ashara Zavros. A couple of things worth noting here is that there is a good chance the Arkin Romance will be introduced after the return of some of these other companions. They want to give us a chance to hook up with our old significant others before ditching them for Arkin. Also, Temple is the only one coming back in 5.6, so we won't see many of these companions until 2018. And, just because you don't see a companion on that list, doesn't mean they're gone forever. Just going to feel that way for a while longer. Case in point, Charles Boyd tweeted that he has a particularly fun plan for Theron Cedrex that involves Kai Zykin, but Penn hasn't hit page yet. Final word on story and companions, Keith stated in the roadmap that they're looking to improve how we gain influence with our companions. Amen to that. Now, there's no question it's nice having a level 50 companion healing you in PvE, but unfortunately they can't help you in PvP. Neither can an undergeared player. Bolster is increasing to 242 for non-ranked war zones and arenas. Also, there's a new PvP map coming. It's based on the Alderaan rule set, and it will be cross-faction. And no, existing war zones will not be made cross-faction. Too much work involved to make that happen. If Galactic Starfighter is your thing, then there's something for you as well. There's a new map orbiting Iocath, Team Deathmatch rules in effect here. Also, there are extensive ship and component balance changes as well as some quality of life improvements coming to GSF. And while quality of life coming to GSF is good, quality of life coming to the rest of the game is even better. We will soon have the ability to dump credits into our legacy bank, and it is believed that the cap for that will be 1 billion credits. And if only that were going to be a problem for me. You will still be able to retain credits on individual characters. Now I like this because it allows you to have a bank alt to ensure you don't spend everything and go broke. And it allows other characters to have just what they need without the inconvenience of mailing credits back and forth. Other quality of life changes coming this year. Substantial improvements to the Iocath daily area. Currency requirements for some of the quests will be dramatically reduced. The dark versus light pop-up will display less frequently. And the victory state will remain in effect longer to give you more time to kill those world bosses. And if you're wondering how you might find a group to take down those bosses, well, the group finder is undergoing a revamp. There will be significant upgrades to how you queue for multiplayer and solo activities. There will be huge bonuses for all random play choices. And there will be easy selection of individual activities such as daily areas, flashpoints, and operations. Keep an eye on this one, folks, as it could be a real game changer. And not to be forgotten are Strongholds and Conquest. First, the Stronghold cap is getting raised to 10, and the Stronghold bonus for Conquest is getting capped at 150%. That means you can conceivably reach the 150% bonus without fully unlocking and decorating each Stronghold, and I'll have more to say on Strongholds when I talk about the United Forces campaign. 
As for the Conquest system itself, it's going to get an upgrade in 2018 along with a new daily activity system with great rewards. One other stronghold note, Yavin 4 and Tatooine are getting taxi points because too lazy to walk or mount. And finally, a new fleet vendor is coming that will sell companion customization for those opposite faction companions. Well, that's the what. And for the when, well, get ready to mark your calendars because here's the schedule. On October 10th, game update 5.5, United Forces Foundation goes live, and this update includes the unassembled components from Master Mode bosses, improvements to GSF, PvP bolstered 242, that dark versus light victory state change, improvements to the Iocath daily area, the enhanced Galactic Command legacy perk, the companion customization fleet vendor, additional class balance changes, you know, the final phase of the target balance, the Yavin 4 and Tatooine Stronghold taxi points, and behind-the-scenes structural changes for the United Forces campaign. Then, on October 24th, we're getting the United Forces formation. No content, but expect extended downtime as the rollout of all the new hardware and infrastructure changes begins. And then comes November 8th, a day that will be long remembered. Game Update 5.5.1, United Forces Go Lives. This is when the server merge happens and you arrive on your new home. Expect extended downtime and keep your fingers crossed that that's the worst thing that happens that day. To help celebrate, there will be double CXP, XP, Valor, and Requisition for the entire week. On November 28th, Game Update 5.6, A Trader Among the Chiss arrives. One of the biggest game updates of the year, 5.6 will have Nahut, the third boss uh, from Gods from the Machine, the new Capero Flashpoint, and the continuation of the Umbara story, the new PvP Warzone, the new GSF map, the Group Finder revamp, class balance changes focused on utilities, or as I like to call it, so long trauma regulators, I hardly knew ya, legacy-wide currencies for credits and unassembled components, the Galactic Command disintegration changes, the return of Ensign Reina Temple, and then rewards from United Forces achievements will be given out. As we get into December, Game Update 5.6.1 goes live on December 12th. It features the return of Life Day, the Star Wars The Old Republic 6th Anniversary celebration, and some additional quality of life changes to be named later. On December 15th, Star Wars Episode 8: The Last Jedi arrives in theater, perhaps the best the Star Wars-related thing we're going to get this year. Sorry, SWOTOR. And then as we get into 2018, we can expect the conclusion of the Iocathambara Capero story in the form of another Flashpoint, and they said it takes place on a planet we wouldn't expect to return to. I don't know, maybe Dantooine was a KOTOR planet after all. The final boss is a Master Mode for Gods from the Machine will be released, and then the upgraded Conquest system and more multiplayer gameplay experience for both PvP and PvE, and of course, there will be a new roadmap. So that, ladies and gentlemen, is your 2017 autumn roadmap. Eric Musco said it was meaty and a lot more than just game updates and bullets of things. And I have to say he was right. There is a lot coming our way in the upcoming weeks and months. There's a lot to get excited about and a lot more to say on all of it.
One of the perks of being in the Influencer Program is top-secret clearance and unrestricted access to the secret world of BioWare Austin. All of it is under NDA and subject to penalty of death by exile for any violation. Now, if you detect a bit of sarcasm in my voice there, it's because the Influencers aren't some secret organization akin to the Kingsmen. We tend to get our information the same as everyone else, which is why you have to trust me when I say server merges on November 8th did not see that coming, nor the entire United Forces campaign for that matter. Now, while the merge might sound like a simple character transfer, moving everyone to new servers is a much larger endeavor. BioWare is doing everything they can to make it seamless, but that doesn't mean it will be painless. Let's start by talking about our new homes. Existing servers will be merged into five new United Forces servers, and no, you don't get to choose where you want to go. For those that play on European servers, Progenitor, Tomb of Frieden Nod, and Red Eclipse will move to Darth Malgus, which is an English-speaking server. Mantle of the Force, Battle Meditation, and Darth Nihilus are moving to the Leviathan, which is French-speaking, and T3M4, Van Gervalis Chain, and Jarkai Sword will move to Tulak Horde, which is German-speaking. There will be two new North American servers, so if you play on Jedi Covenant, Shadowlands, Ebon Hawk, Prophecy of the Five, and Jung Ma, you're moving to Starforge. If you play in Harbinger, Begarin Colony, and Bastion, you're moving to Satil Shan, which was briefly named the Hot Prospect, or as I like to call it, the first and last time they let the interns name a server. Now, believe it or not, there's actually some Knights of the Old Republic lore behind that name. It's one of Zane Carrick's mining ships from the Knights of the Old Republic comics. Now, during the live stream, they stated that changing the server names was very hard to do, and it couldn't really be done. But here we are. The hot prospect is now Satil Shan. And I'd like to point out that Harbinger, one of the largest servers in the game, is moving to Satil Shan. Talk about a disaster in the making. Let's hope that their find and replace got all the things. So that's where everybody's going. What's the impact to all of this? Well, first are character names. They have to be unique. It's just the way it is. So there is going to be name collision, and some of you are going to lose your character names. Now, given Bioware's recent penchant for RNG, you might be worried that whether or not you get to keep your name will come down to the flip of a credit. But that's not the case. Premium players, subscribers, will have priority over free-to-play and preferred status players. Highly played characters will have priority over characters with less playtime. To limit the challenge of duplicated names, they will proactively remove names from characters that have not been played within the last 90 days or more and which are below level 10. If after all of that there is still a tie, then yes, it will come down to the flip of a credit. This is going to be interesting. My main character is probably safe, but I do have some that are maybe only a year old that I really like and they could be in jeopardy. In addition to character names being unique, there is a cap on the number of characters you can have. If you're a subscriber, you can have 52 characters per server. If you merge and go over the cap, you will be able to access and play all of your characters. You just won't be able to create any new characters until you're under the cap. If you are a free-to-play player, then your limit is two active characters. So when you merge, your characters will be set to deactivated, and then you'll have to choose which characters you want to activate and play. Your friends and ignore list will remain unaffected other than the potential for player names to change and the impact there is you might see some names on your list that you don't recognize. And what about the GTN? Your listings will remain intact. However, 
multiple GTNs are getting merged. And this one's kind of interesting. You might want to hit the GTN shortly after the merge because while the economies of different servers are similar, they aren't the same. There's no question you'll see more listings and those initial prices will reflect the servers they came from. You might find some bargains. The economies on the new servers will undergo some changes. Whether it's better to pull your sales or wait and keep them there, I honestly don't know. I would just expect that with a higher population of buyers and sellers, prices might drop a little from what you're used to. I don't know how long it will take for the economy to sort itself out, but prices might be kind of wonky in those early days. And what about mail? No change, your stuff should be there. How about the outfit designer in stamped appearances? They will not be affected by the United Forces update. All of your appearances will remain in place. And that is awesome because that is not the case today when you do a character transfer. That one's pretty big in my mind and I'm really glad they were able to work that out and let our appearances stay intact. And speaking of character transfers, that service is going to be turned off on October 24th. So you have until then to transfer any characters. And there are some reasons why you might want to consider that. The first of which is strongholds. Active strongholds will be unaffected by the United Forces update. If you have strongholds from more than one legacy coming together, both will be added to your list. If you have more than one of a specific stronghold, such as multiple Coruscant apartments, they will both be retained and accessible. If the combination of the two strongholds takes you above the cap of 10, they will all be retained. However, you cannot activate new strongholds until you return to a number that is below the cap. Decorations are not impacted by the United Forces update. If you have more than one legacy which are combined as part of the update, you will have access to each decoration equal to the highest decoration among your legacies. For example, on the Skywalker legacy, you have four basic metal chairs. On the Organa legacy, you have 15 basic metal chairs. After the update, you will have a combined legacy with 15 basic metal chairs. It is possible that you may end up with more decorations placed than you own after the update. And if this happens, you cannot place any more of that decoration until you go below your owned value. So let's talk about strongholds for a moment. You'll be able to keep everything you have. The cap is getting increased to 10 and there are currently seven strongholds on a server. The conquest cap is staying at 150% and you can reach that by any combination of decorations from all of your strongholds. There is definitely some benefit to merging legacies and having 10 strongholds available to you. Not to mention it might be cool to have two Yavin 4s or two Manans to play with. Now if you do have multiple legacies coming together, it's going to work a lot like it does with character transfers now. Everything will get merged together. Where you're going to run into issues is things like legacy currencies. If you go over the cap, You'll get to keep your currency, but can't earn any more until you go below the cap. Your legacy cargo holds will be merged. If you use it to store crafting materials, they'll try and stack those as best they can, and they'll fill any empty slots that you have. Now, if there's any spillover as a result, don't worry. They're not going to mail you everything and say deal with it. If your legacy bank goes over capacity, the extra items will go into a special storage called legacy overflow. This overflow will hold your extra items until you make space to withdraw them. You cannot place items into this overflow. And it sounds like you won't be able to retrieve items from the overflow into, say, your personal cargo hold or your character inventory. That's not confirmed, by the way. That's just my interpretation. 
Your achievements and reputation will be fine. Your your cartel market item stash has a cap of 500. So if you go over, you won't lose anything, but you know the drill. You'll have to make room before you can add more to it. I kind of wish I had item stashes that were merging together, but I don't. Now for the sad news. The all-important family tree feature in your legacy its going to get reset. It's not going away. You can rebuild it, and you're going to have to rebuild it. Take a screenshot or something. And about that feature, you know what? I'm not even going to go there today. Now, as far as guilds are concerned, they should move over intact. If there is more than one guild within the same name, then the guilds will have their old servers appended to their name. For example, you might see a guild tag of the Jedi Order-The Bastion and the Jedi Order-The Harbinger. Now, even though the server populations are increasing, guild sizes are not. Could happen at some point, maybe with the conquest changes in 2018, but certainly not this year. Unfortunate, but it is what it is. And speaking of conquest, they will be running the Time of Peace conquest from October 14th through November 13th, i.e. no conquest. And then conquest will resume normally on November 14th. For those who are participating in Season 9 of Ranked PvP, it will continue as planned. You retain the rank you had prior to the United Forces update. Immediately following the update, the initial Season 9 leaderboard will appear blank. The leaderboard will automatically update after you play your first ranked PvP match, and you will once again see your name appear on the leaderboard. So that's the nuts and bolts of what's happening. This all goes live on November 8th, and to help celebrate this momentous occasion, there are rewards to be had. If you play between November 8th and November 27th, you can earn the following. By simply logging on to play, you will get the new Mini Mogul NM-1 Mini Pet inspired by one of your classic operation bosses, Karaga the Unyielding. And they have a picture of it on the blog that they did for the United Forces campaign. And now I'm not a pet guy, but this one is pretty darn cool. It's the Karaga's final encounter warbot with the classic hut bowler on its head. It's awesome. You can earn the Merciless Darth Hexed Companion when you complete three PvE or three PvP missions through Group Finder by the November 27th deadline. And I believe it can be a combination, any combination, of PvE and PvP. You can unlock the new United Forces Group Recon Achievement when you complete three PvE Group Finder activities and get the new United Forces Warzone Recon Achievement when you complete three PvP matches through Group Finder. And once United Forces goes live, you will earn double XP, double command XP, Valor, and Requisition through November 14th. Now all of the achievements are locked in-game as you earn them. The Mini Mogul Pet and the Darth Hexed Companion will be delivered via in-game mail on November 28th, 2017 when Game Update 5.6 goes live. So there you have it. It's a lot to take in. It's a lot to digest. I think overall this is a good thing. And I know that those who role play have a lot of valid concerns, none of which are addressed by what's happening with the United Forces campaign. The galaxy should feel more alive, but also more crowded. And during the live stream, Eric and Charles said that there are no immediate plans to address spawn timers on various quests and missions, so missions like Vale and Coric are only going to get worse, not better. If you lose your name, you obviously won't be happy. You may have inventory and currency issues, as well as character issues to sort out. And I mention this because the reality is that on November 8th, 
the game will be the same as it was on November 7th, but with just more people. But once you get over the logistics, queues should be shorter, PvP might be more competitive, and queues will be shorter. You might have better options for finding guilds and groups. Conquest should be, well, interesting. And did I mention queues will be shorter? The improved Goop Finder tool will go live on November 28th. There aren't a lot of details on how it's changing, but if it's done right, it could have a big impact on how we play the game and find activities to do and people to do them with. So in short, I think I'm kind of looking forward to this server merge all happening on November 8th. Should be an exciting time. Final note for today, I've got more family stuff happening. All good, by the way. So no podcast next week. I will do episode 56, the week of the 20th, but definitely not on Tuesday. But after that, I should be able to resume a normal schedule. So as I said last week, if you don't see an episode on its normally scheduled day, don't worry, I'm still here, even though I told you the reason for the delay is because I'm not here. Well, that is all I have for today. Let me cue the music and congratulate you on surviving another half hour listening to episode 55 of the State of the Old Republic podcast. I'm your host, Ted, and I thank you for tuning in. You can find this podcast on iTunes, Stitcher, Google Play, YouTube, and Buzzsprout. You can also listen to the show directly from the show site, which is SotorPodcast.com, and there is an RSS feed where you can subscribe to the podcast directly. If you have a question for the show, you can email me at SotorPodcast at gmail.com. You can also tweet your questions too at SotorPodcast or send me a direct message, and be sure to follow me on Twitter and get the latest information on the show. Look for episode 56 soon trademark and remember the Sith code cake is alive.